When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Bing-a-dee-bong, bing bing bong bing-a-dee-bong, bing bing bong bong Hello, it's suggestible time. James just opened a diet. Uh, no, not a Diet Coke. A Dr. Pepper. No sugar. Gross. I've been no sugar. Gross. I've been sugar-free, so I should gross. say since 93. It's just gross. And I plan to So many levels. That. I don't understand, Dr. Pepper. It's just cough medicine with bubbles. Claire, would a doctor sell something that wasn't good for you? <laughs> you make a good point. I, I change my tune. No, I don't change my tune. I keep my tune the same. Anyway... For those who don't know, this is a Jasper podcast, a podcast where we recommend you things to watch, read, and listen to. My name is Claire Tondi. James Clement is here also. We are married, and the idea is that I recommend something to him. He recommends something to me. We do that again. We have some banter. We finish the show. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much it. You don't really need to listen because that's the gist of it. Correct, exactly. Point. Recommendations have included over the years many things. One time I recommended breathing. That was fun. Oh God, that was a real that was a real low for us, Claire. It was. I mean, there's been many. Let's <laughs> let's not joke around. However, also usually it's TV shows, films, books, recipes, occasionally podcasts, occasionally music. Claire music. talks about her music endlessly. <laughs> yeah, she goes exactly. On five minute oh, and about funny music. that you should say. You oh should my mention. god. <laughs> oh my god. I promise I won't do much promotion. I will say though that. I am coming to Ireland and the UK and Scotland in July. And excitingly, I have a date for my Dublin show. So Whoa. if you are in Ireland, I have a venue. It's called Bello Bar. I will be playing at around 7 o'clock on the 6th of July. Um, there's a link below. Are you playing 7 o'clock on the dot? Well, I'd say that's when the doors open. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, Correct. yep. Yes. And that's in Dublin. So uh, there's a link below for you to be able to purchase tickets. And uh, that's very exciting. Very exciting. So you'll yeah. obviously announce other. Yes, I will. And uh, yes, and hopefully, I'm also coming to Cork the next day on the seventh, but that isn't confirmed yet. So I'll just let you know about that. And other dates, I will be playing, but I don't have venues completely locked in yet. Yep. The second of July, I've, I'm doing a show in London, and then I'll be in Exeter on Tuesday, the fourth of July, and then I am going to be in Scotland and a few other places. Edinburgh, Glasgow, York, Manchester. But yes. I'm still firming up dates for those and venues. But uh, that's the general vibe. That's the vibe, man. Yeah, so definitely the 2nd of July in London, the 6th of July in Dublin. Yes. So And Tuesday the 4th in Exeter. I'm really excited. I can't wait to go with you. This is going to be such a fun trip <laughs> for know. us. Oh, no, didn't you know? You're staying here and looking after our children and dogs. Oh, no. I know. I'm so sorry. That's terrible news. <laughs> and it's so the school sorry. holidays. <laughs> oh, know. no. I'm so sorry. Though you are going on a little trip. It'll be fine. We've got such a cool village community here and we'll get a dog walker. It will be fine. Everyone <laughs> around she. me. He's Listen, going away. Everyone around me needs to <laughs> step adventure. up, okay? Literally <laughs> Including all the podcast listeners. That's be right. extra kind to him, please. Be Send him kind. lots of messages. Don't. Come at me with like, oh, actually, that's technically not true. I don't, I can't, I can't be here on that. In that 
because it will break me. It will shatter my psyche. Because I also have a show in Sydney on the 30th of July when we get back as well. That's exciting. I know. It's very exciting. So if you're in Sydney, um, there's a link below for tickets for that. That's going to be in Marrickville on Sunday afternoon, Mm -hmm. um, 3 o'clock. Very exciting. Ariane Beeston, who is a beautiful contemporary dancer and who has been through postnatal psychosis, is going to be dancing to one of my songs. She sent me a video of herself dancing and it's just she's – it's just she's a ballerina as well and yeah. just incredible. So it's going to be a really beautiful show. Incredible. I know. And Amy Taylor Cabaz, actually, who is a matrescence activist, is going to be speaking at that event too. Mm. So just all around, really exciting. I'm traveling with her. The reason I'm going to London is because she invited me to perform at her conference she's running yeah, yeah. on Saturday that isn't for the general public. So that's why I'm doing a Sunday afternoon show. So, yeah, if you're in the general public, just know that you are not welcome. <laughs> Don't even bother turning up, okay? It's not, not for you. Mean. It's not for the grubs in the general public. <laughs> no. It's for special people. It's for the elite. No, it's not. Go it's to one of the grub shows. I have already done her matrescence no, training. No, go to the grub show. <laughs> Stop. Actually, to be fair, I'm very partial to grubs. Mm. They're my favourite people I'm married yeah, to. Yeah, you would. <laughs> uh, particularly uh, grey-haired grubs. All right. Uh, I'm going to recommend we, something. Yeah, you get, get down, get busy, get recommending. Claire, are you familiar with air? I know you're familiar with breathing. Oh, gosh. Uh, oh, no. How awkward. There's a movie out. Uh, it came to cinemas oh. and it bombed. But people like it. It did well. Critically, it did is not do well commercially. Is this going to be like the one that you recommended that was or was not a movie potentially no, with is... your boyfriend, Captain America? You're talking about Ghosted. Yes. Did you figure out whether that was a real it movie It was a not? real movie. I know it was a real movie because I looked it up. <laughs> and I agree, the posters looked ridiculous. Yeah, it did look like a fake movie. So weird. Yep. And then I was reading the press for it and I'm like, it's so weird. And the trailer was real weird. That's it was just weird. all real weird and like. Trippy. Anyway, we're not I totally talking about that movie, though. You, I recommend if you want to watch a weird thing where you're watching it, but like, and it's got the colors and shapes and sounds of a movie, but you're like, I don't know, is this a dream? Am I in a, like a weird, boring dream? Even as it's happening, you're thinking, is it a real movie? Yeah. I don't know what James reckons it is or isn't. Am I being incepted, but in the most boring way possible? <laughs> Possibly. Well, anyway, yeah, watch that. Air. But so that's this not is what a this movie is. directed by Ben Affleck. Oh, our boy Ben Affleck. Our boy Ben. Our boy Ben. I know people have been, you know, showing videos of him and Jennifer Lopez and he's like getting in the car and he's like, oh, and he's slamming the door and after Jennifer Lopez gets in and he goes like this to like, what? To like the paparazzi and people are like, looks like they're fighting. Or maybe. It's, it's just who he is. Or that and 50 people follow him wherever he goes with cameras. Like shouting at him. Maybe that's why. Who I would knows? say, who, who knows? knows the lives of Jury celebrities is and what doing? Do you know my favourite Ben? Actually, there's many. But obviously he was married for a while to Jennifer Garner, who is one of my favourite women um, in the celebrity landscape that I haven't met, but I adore her. As you know, I watch her on Instagram all the time, particularly when I'm feeling sad. She's just amazing. Anyway, he is so grouchy. And when he was interviewed in the J-Lo documentary, which I would recommend on the show, and I would totally recommend watching because she's bloody amazing. He's so... Deadpan. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's so funny because she's so intensely feeling and hardworking and positivity and like doing all her own stunts and like, you know, she's how old is she in her 50s now? And she's just like fitter than ever and frolicking around. And he's just this like grumpy guy who's like, yeah. uh." But it's interesting because when you get him in an interview about like filmmaking and he was like sitting there with like Matt Damon, he's like, this is how we wrote Goodwill Hunting. Like even now, he's like, it was really excited for us. We were young. (laughs) We didn't know what we were doing when then we were at the Oscars all of a sudden. My- so that's what he loves doing. Yeah. Is that it's like you. I'm sure he loves your baseline grouchy. We're basically Jennifer Garner and Ben Affleck without the divorce. So yeah. <laughs> yes. So I like, you know, wholesome, lovely, funny, 
Uplifting. I've got two favourite photos. And you were just like grouchy until you talk about film. It's true. I got two photos of Ben Affleck. These are my favourite ones. They're pretty famous, but I don't know if you've seen them. There's this one, Ben Affleck. Of course I've seen that one. You've used that in a video before. Of course. course. You love that image. You basically have it framed beside your bed. I think you know this one. It's him smoking for anyone that doesn't. This is Ben Affleck's Phoenix back tattoo. (laughs) That's real. It's so big. Have you seen this? No. That's his. That's on his back. Wow. Yeah. I think he went through some stuff wow. and then got a giant back tattoo. Yeah. I don't think you're getting a phoenix on your back if you have, have just like a casual love of life. Maybe you rose from the ashes, man. <laughs> I think they try to play it off as like it's for a role or it's fake, but it's like, well, I haven't I seen that movie laugh. yet. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. Bless him. He's had his troubles, but he's out there and he loves movies. Anyway. You know the thing that is interesting about that choice as well? I do like Ben Affleck It's so, like, that tattoo is so ginormous. If he's going to do a role, how, what will they do? Nah, they do it all the time. Oh, do they just CGI it out? Or they'll just make up. Oh, and they can make up up, over it. Wow, because it's so colourful and bold. The Rock does it all the time. It's a bold phoenix. The Rock's covered in, like, tattoos, so he's always. Oh, getting makeup over it. Wowzab, they can do anything these days. I know. All right. Your problem is you didn't see the movie Black Adam, so you're not familiar with that. But, no, uh, no, you're not the only one who didn't point. see that movie. <laughs> anyway, this movie is called Air. It's directed by Ben Affleck. It's written by Alex Covery. Uh-huh. It stars Matthew Damon. It stars Jason Bateman. It stars Viola Davis. It stars Chris Tucker. It stars Ben Affleck. Oh. Uh, so it's the story. Hang on. Is he directing it? Yes, but he's in it also. He's like an 80s guy. He's like, I'm an 80s guy. <laughs> I got a Porsche. I'm an 80s guy. I always wondered how that works. My 80s sunglasses. If you're in it. It's the 80s. We know it's the 80s. Stop saying it's the 80s. You basically shouldn't have been Ben Affleck in that movie. That was a really really good role playing. Or you were were Danny DeVito. It was a little unclear. Yeah. Here is my question. How do you direct yourself in a movie? I don't really get that. I don't know. I mean, actually, to be fair, I directed my own music video. Oh, so basically, sorry. I Ooh. am. It's me and Ben Affleck directing ourselves together. What a surprise. Brings <laughs> it back to her music somehow. <laughs> Who, how does she do it? I don't anyway, know. talent. Sonny uh, Vaccaro, who's played by Matt Damon, Vaccaro, I don't know, and Nike or Nike, as it's, I don't know, what, what yeah, you Which call one it? is it? Who cares? Uh, they pursue <laughs> basketball rookie Michael Jordan. Ooh. And the idea is that they want to create a partnership that revolutionizes the world of sports and contemporary culture. This is a biographical sports drama in the new tradition of making a movie about a brand, about an object. For example, the movie Tetris, the mo- which is about Tetris. The, the movie, movie- B- Blackberry, which is about the Blackberry phone. These are real movies. Wow. The movie... That's about the flaming hot Cheetos, which is coming out. <laughs> this is real. But is, is this in the ilk of the McDonald's documentary? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. that. And then what about the Facebook one, the social network? Yeah, that's more kind of like, isn't Mark Zuckerberg an absolute dog? And we're like, yeah, he is actually. Yeah, but I mean, even the- And he's way weirder in real life than he is in that movie somehow. What to me is one of the saddest things and most heartbreaking things about human nature, obviously, yeah. is reflected in the Facebook whole phenomenon, which is it started as just a way for college boys to like rate women. Yeah. It and started. faces. It started because Mark Zuckerberg is a massive fucking loser and that's why it started. Wow. That's right. Okay, don't hold he back. He knows. Now well, he's doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu <laughs> tournaments. So you say he posts me to him trading with this trainer oh. and the trainer's clearly like, I can't hit this guy. Like, he's worth like a gasquillion yeah. dollars. Yeah, and yeah, he's like he's obviously very fit because he's like a a weird billionaire freak who built out a like bought an entire community that he like the housing estate so he can live in there alone and 
whatever. Yeah, he's weird. He's a weird guy, obviously. I mean, Facebook is so big, it's basically its own continent. Facebook's the worst. No, it's awful. And it's it's interesting how it started is how it's continued, but even worse. They just didn't see the value in, like, people want to see photos of their friends. And I know that didn't, like, drive... Like clicks. What drive clicks is like outrage and like ridiculous headlines and whatever. But it's unusable. It's just, it's fucked. Like it's nonsense. It's the worst website. It's worse than Twitter. And that is saying something. I know. Yeah. The annoying thing which I have with social media in general, and I, I know I'm not alone in this, it feels like a necessary evil. Mm. I know that's not a revolutionary thing to say. I mean, I'd imagine for your music, Claire, okay. if you don't mind me bringing it back. <laughs> You probably find that that's the way that you connect most with your audience, wouldn't you say? Because no. you want that one-to-one connection, oh, which you so can't. so annoying. Something you tangible. Use, we use Facebook. No, I do it ironically. It's different when I do it. I'm above it. I do it ironically. And this is the thing, right? It's this horrible thing that we've discovered and found ourselves in where on one hand, you get to connect with people directly, which is so beautiful because you don't have to wait for a big publisher to decide yeah, whether or not awesome. you can make content. And it's amazing. Plus, you then have these like amazing groups like our Planet Broadcasting Great Mates group that have like yeah. people from all over the world connecting all the time. It's so beautiful. And it's the only reason to go on Facebook. Yeah. Gen- <laughs> no, but those groups are, are amazing. They're amazing resources for people. They're really able to like connect people and it's beautiful. Mm. But then the other flip side of it, it's so awful and evil and polarizing. So it's just, I don't know, and also makes me feel gross when I'm like, yeah. you know, get off it or whatever. But then you also do, ne- we need it for we work. We literally need there it. It really isn't. It's the same with my phone. Yeah. I want to get rid of my phone, but I need it for work. Well, I use my phone ironically, so I'm not really too worried about it. <laughs> anyway, I'm I don't like, know how we got down that tap, rabbit tap, hole. Tap, tap, tweet, am I right? <laughs> I mean, that um, does sound like you, to be perfectly like honest. It, doesn't it? I think your first Instagram video was a dog sniffing a bone. Yeah, that's cool. It was real cre- I don't creepy. I think it's a video. I think it's a still it's image. A re- okay. Are you right there? It's right. This Dr. Pepper's going yeah, really well. Yeah, and also the way you drink drinks. I don't know if we've discussed this before, um, listeners. I'm sure we have. James drinks drinks like someone who's going to steal it from him if he doesn't immediately pour it down his yeah. gullet in 10 seconds. And then you end up with like weird I, burps. I grew up with two brothers. That's how I eat. Is that why? You just mm-hmm. you eat and drink like someone's about to steal it from yeah, you. Yeah, that's right. So strange. Uh, anyway. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Me. They're not. That's not the strangest thing about you, but it's one of the things. True. Oh, just quickly getting back to Strange and Mark Zuckerberg. I love how he's like, the metaverse is the future. Put on VR goggles and go to work. Imagine oh. being in an office but you're a robot or whatever. Oh, God, and everyone's awful. like, we hate this. Yeah. It's like the barrier to entry is also annoying because you need like VR. But also and this is the thing that is, you know how I feel like this is a rant coming on. The thing that is scaring me the most is that we are at the same time destroying this beautiful oh planet that we live on know, while Claire. recreating it yes. virtually, which is just not good for us on but any level. Point, it's like, so strange. Then you'll love this. My, so I the hate point film is, and all of that too. You hate film. Yeah, it's but, really starting to <laughs> bother me because it's just like they're creating so many special effects. It's art, Claire. Yeah. It's art. And also, I know, <laughs> but I also, it's fucking annoying. Can't we just actually experience things in real time Listen, in real life with real people? Just relax. Ugh. Just come with me to see The Little Mermaid next week. You'll feel much better. <laughs> so anyways, you'll love this. It's not working. They've sunk billions into this shit and people fucking hate it. Thank God. They don't want this. What, it's like you could go to a supermarket. Why would, I, why would I go in a virtual supermarket? If I was going to shop online, I'd just click the pictures of the food. Like 
Are you insane? This is an insane thing that's obviously not working. I love it. I love watching these tech absolute fucking donkeys just trip over their own Gosh, feet. I love it. Anyway, I love a lot of other things. So, no, this is what I like. So, Nike, it's Claire, such or a Nike. Sunshine and Roses person. It, oh, sorry. I miss, I fucking hate movies. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to be making art like in a room with people. And I know, obviously, there are incredible films. I know in the. In You're the talking arena. about like. The Lion King remake, where they no, remade. Do you know like, what? I actually don't think I am today. I'm talking about all of it. Oh my god, we're all gonna get so many emails, Claire. I know everyone's gonna hate me, and I know, I know, because I love film too. There's lots of things I love about film too. Obviously, I'm, I'm I'm on a podcast recommending it. However, what I think we've lost, right? So don't interrupt me. Just let me get this out. <laughs> when my grandmother was an actress, right? Like, and in you know the 40s, people would go out. Like their entertainment was to go out to see art, to see drama, to sit in a room. They would get really dressed up. They would put on their best hats and coats and be in a vibe together, which I think human beings are designed to be. I know you're sarcastic. No, I agree. Thank you. So let me get it out without you interrupting. I said I agree. Okay. So and that that process of, A, the care that went into what they wore even, then being out amongst other people, then seeing art in this way that's like, really reciprocal. So in the moment, you kind of co-create an artwork mm. with the audience that's watching it. And it's the same with music. People would go out to see music because they couldn't access it in their homes like we do now. Look, I'm not saying that it isn't amazing to have everything at our fingertips. Of course it is so special in a lot of ways. But I actually do also think it's isolating and human beings are designed you know, maybe not you, but most people, and maybe not Mark Zuckerberg, but you, most people are designed to be in community, co-experiencing things in real time. And the problem with TV and film is that it has allowed our lives to be set up in this way where we all go home after work and we sit by ourselves or with our partners on our phones. Then we're watching TV. And I know this is not like a revolutionary thing to say, but as I have been in rooms making art with audiences, people it's just so beautiful. Like the, the energy that happens, that particular thing does, can't be recreated because it was co-created in the room with the people that were there. Mm. And it's the same, I think, with visual art. And I do think obviously film is art and TV is art, obviously. And it's accessible in a way that maybe it wouldn't be otherwise for people in some ways. But I think the, the dominant art that we're now soaking up is film and TV. And I think that should be changed because I really do think the co-creation of art, music, drama, storytelling for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, humans have done that in person. They've danced in person. They've sung in person. And by having this huge emphasis on screen art, where we've lost that in our habitual lives. And we used to do it in churches as well and communal singing and people often, particularly in our culture anyway, we don't do that anymore either. And I'm not saying organised, there's a lot of problems with organised religion. Name but one. Let's not go down that rabbit hole. But in a daily practice, making art just mainly your experience of it being film and on screen to me is really sad. Yeah. And that's I what's breaking agree. my head. And, and I really, and I don't, and I, I, that's why I mean I hate film. <laughs> I know what you mean because what you're not saying individual films or filmmakers. No. You're talking about the idea of, well, the, the idea of like TV and movies now is just just to get eyes on it, and it doesn't matter what it is, and that, that it can be anything. Like I think also you're referring to like 
just being on a screen, being on social media, endlessly scrolling. I don't think you're talking about specifically. Well, I kind of am. No, no I, I am. No, because no, you're no. complaining about like people aren't sitting down and watching nine movies in a row like during their day. No, what no. What people but, are consuming is just like just junk on their phone or whatever. Yeah, but also TV and film has now habitualized that they might actually sit down after work to watch a film or they'll watch a TV show and that is predominantly the art that they're consuming. Mm. And what I'm saying is because it's so readily accessible in culturally in, in where we live, in our Western culture, it's become ingrained that that is, that is the re, like the sort of release valve, if you want. That's the way we consume art, mostly yeah. via screen. Sure. Alone or with like one other person who may What about a communal like uh, like a screening of a movie where like I love this movie and you go and see it with people Yeah, that's whatever, different. Whatever. It's yeah. really different, but yeah. we're losing that because yeah. of the readily accessibleness of screens. Yeah. And and I guess it just I I think like when is the last time that we actually went to an art gallery and went and looked with other people around at something that someone has created? And it's real in front of us, tactile, mm. it's there. It's the same with like gardens. It's the same with music. Like we listen to so much music. We listen to so much and watch so much stuff. But in person, it's different. Yeah. And we just don't do that enough because it's not inbuilt. Like a hundred years ago, it's inbuilt in your daily life that you would sing, that you would work on art, that you would be surrounded by creativity and artistry as a part of a way of being, which I think is inherently important for us from a psychological perspective, from our mood, from the way our bodies are designed to be. We're designed to be in community. We're also designed to be making and we're designed to be experiencing things that other people have made for real, not just on a screen. And and so that's what I'm trying to say that I think. um, That you hate movies. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I don't know how we got into that. Why are you? What are you doing on your phone now? I'm using it ironically. Claire, <laughs> anyway, I, I don't thank disagree. You. I think you've taken it like a step far in terms of like all movies are bad. <laughs> whatever you said, because that is not true. I didn't true. say all movies are bad. I said I hate film. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I think what I mean is I hate the culture around film. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Mm. I think a lot of time people tie their identity to also to brands and film and TV shows and characters. This is an interesting theory I had. I'm sure I've talked about this before. Because people find it harder to own something, not through their own actions, but because it's harder to buy a house, mm. the, the cost of living, inflation is going up, wages are stagnant. Mm. So people tie themselves to like to brands as an identity. It might not be necessarily a character. It might be like... You know that recent Bud, you probably didn't hear about it because you're not as online as, as I am. But like there was a Bud Light controversy recently. Did not hear nonsense. about you it. Know, it doesn't matter. I'm, no, because James, I'm an artist. I yeah, live in I the real world. Well, I found, about, <laughs> I found out about it ironically. And, <laughs> and so people associate their problems and they tie identities to, to brands. And that's why you get somebody, if you're like, I thought this movie was okay. And someone's like, I'll fucking kill you for saying that. You know, that's, I think that's where that comes from because that's, 
you're attacking them. They think, you know, mm. that's a shot at them when it's like, I don't even know you, man. But that's what I mean as well. Like I think with all of the stuff that's going on in the world, with the economy, with, you know, wages are stagnant, with people not being able to Joe own things. Or anyway, all of that. It's the same, the loss of owning like CDs and owning records, like yeah. owning art, owning books, like in a concrete way. But we're paying for all of these subscriptions that are ephemeral. So once we our credit card but maxes out or something and we can no longer access the content, we don't own it anymore. Well, it's also like often And it's not surrounding us. It's no. on a screen. Well, oftentimes also with that stuff, and it could be books, games, movies, music, you see it with a lot of stuff, it becomes not profitable to provide that service to somebody. So they'll just take stuff off services. Yeah. And so you don't own any of it. You're, yeah, exactly. You're borrowing it, sort of. You're not borrowing it. You're yeah. still paying for it. You don't own it. You no. don't own anything. No. And do you know what? I think this extends, and I'm thinking about this now with the way we're parenting and where we do this as well. We outsource to screens all the things we used to do for our kids, like singing with them, like mm. teaching them art skills, like cooking, you know, even in terms of like history and story. Karate. <laughs> Karate. But often we think, well, they're getting their music through those art forms, which yeah. is all just screen time. Mm. And I'm not saying like our kids watch screens and I don't know if we can change that. The world is hard, life is hard and you do what you need to do to survive, obviously. But I, it's just made me reflect just now on the value of giving our kids as much concrete time mm. experiencing real music, like experiencing real tactile art yeah. with us and the time for story and books and what you about know, physical comic books you might buy? Yes, son. and you're doing a great that? job with those, I know, and he's bloody loving them. So I'm loving buying all these comic books. I know, you really are. You're, just, you're li- reliving your childhood through human. It's a joy and I love it. Anyway, I don't know how we got there because I have got a really wonderful recommendation. Well, I'm not even finished yet, Claire, because we're no, talking well, we're about. We're talking about air with air. Ben Affleck. Gosh, this has been a waffly one. Yeah, whose fault is that? I was doing all this ironically. <laughs> anyway, Nike. In the 70s and 80s, they're a, they're a jogging brand. Mm. They were not very cool or very street. Nerd shit. You know what I mean? They're running shoe. That's what it was for. It sounds like the start of Jumanji. What? Remember the show Jumanji oh, the guy made the, the shoe or whatever. Shoes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. is true actually, yeah. So the big brands in basketball, because the NBA was coming up in a big way, you got all these like legends appearing and, you know, it had been big in the 70s but it was really growing in the 80s with these huge names coming through like Magic Johnson and Larry Bird and other names. I don't know anything about basketball. Bugs Bunny, he's a great basketball player. (laughs) Um, So all these big players were tied to Adidas or Adidas, depending where you're from, or Converse. Like those were the shoe brands and and there was also limitations on what you could put on the shoe. There had to be like – I think it was like over 50% of the shoe had to be white. So everyone's mm. wearing their, their white trainers and they're running around <laughs> doing big basketball time, right. having a big basketball time. So what they decided to do, Nike, is this like failing kind of brand, which did well but not exceptionally well. They took their $250,000 of their marketing budget instead of splitting it over like four players and putting them in a Nike shoe and then the players disappear in a few years. They're going to put all of that money into Michael Jordan as an upcoming, as a, as a rookie. So the idea was that they have to go through the Matt Damon character through his mum, played by Viola, Viola Davis, and apparently this is true. And he goes to her house and he's like, "I don't, I, I, I'm from a corporation, but I'm nice. I'm normal. I swear to God. Let me, let me see if I can sell your son and doing a little shoe. dance, guys. Yeah, that's what I. So basically, they the, the whole thing is centered around this pitch and and specifically making this shoe for Michael Jordan. And the way they they kind of come come at it is. We'll just make it all red and then we'll pay the fines. And that in itself is like 
advertising. It's, it's a shoe that also was personalized to him in the way that shoes weren't at the time. He would also get a cut of the shoes that were sold. All of these things were hashed out. Like these kind of brand deals didn't exist before. So all of a sudden he had, he's made billions, Michael Jordan. Like imagine what Nike have made, but he, like he, what he's made through these shoes alone. And he st- they still st- sell. They're like the most popular shoe of all, of all time. So look, at the end of the day, it's, the, it's about can we make a shoe for Michael Jordan? So if you want to know whether they can, this is the movie <laughs> for you. So you got to come at it like it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's a shoe. Who gives a shit, right? But it's just like it's kind of also fascinating. It is because it's like it's their world, and you go through like the design of it and the process. So like you know when you your job, the job that you do or have mm. done, or anybody who's listening, that's your world, you know. And this yeah. is like the most important. Well, not. But it's got the it's Some got all the kind of the language and the des- yeah all yeah. of it. I know. But it people is a whole I, obviously people don't all take their jobs this seriously as they shouldn't because who cares? <laughs> uh, but so yeah, so this is like their world and this is the most important thing, like to them. And Ben Affleck's like, it's the eighties. We got to get Michael Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not too expensive. I got to go to the shareholders board. Look at my eighties sunglasses. Ah. <laughs> yeah. But I think that. To, to On that point, it is really interesting, isn't it, or for me anyway, and I do think that's the hook with all of this stuff, the Blackberry, Blueberry movie or whatever as well. It's just stuff that because we grew up with it, we didn't really think about the genesis of it no. and it went viral, global, like was so popular and became part of the lexicon. And it is really interesting, I think, to be able to go back in time and look at it and go, wow, how that all just starts with the person thinking of yeah. a thing. And that to me is also just really inspiring because I think – Everyone's a person. So everything that's been made ever has been made by someone. Yeah, absolutely. Mostly men. Mostly men, am I right, everybody? (laughs) Not true at all. But, you know, and that to me is really, it it kind of makes you feel like anything is possible. Yeah. And they also disrupted like the entire industry in terms of like designs that you could use Mm. and also like brand deals for athletes. And athletes still get screwed Mm. comparatively to like the people who make money off them. That's a whole other discussion of like, it's not it's not slavery, but it's and it's not like being a gladiator, but it's kind of like that, you know? Because yeah. you, you tear through your body and your mind for somebody else. Yeah. And they just churn them through, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, know. so this is the design of the original Nike shoe. You're gonna love it. Oh. oh sorry, that's, <laughs> that's Ben, ben Affleck's Affleck's <laughs> back tattoo. So that's the Oh, it's yeah. it's very good. It's a great shoe. It's a um, great shoe. But high top. Yeah, sort of, yeah. I don't know what that means really. Mid to high top. Very fitted. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I liked it. All right. Again, coming at like. Air, right? It's it's an ad. Okay. For Nike. So know that going in. Cool. Anyway, what have you got to discuss? All right, excellent. Oh, gosh, we, it's already at 30 minutes. Wow, we should go. Oh, my goodness. I um, I have two things to talk about. Maybe I'll just talk about the thing we saw last night and yeah. I'll wait for my recommendation yeah, I'll save for, my next one for next week. I'll save mine for next week because mm. um, we did have a classic rant on the show. We? I'm going to get so many emails. Oh, goodness. What I wanted to talk about was a show that we went and saw last night in Melbourne oh, by wow. Damien Rice. Community, you know? Yeah, all the things. Coming together. All the, but don't you think it was? So I know last week on the show I talked about Damien Rice. He's an Irish folk singer, um, yeah. particularly his album O, but he also has um, some other beautiful albums as well. well probably as another a, album. Yeah, many other albums. Nine Crimes is a really famous song of his. Yeah. Elephant was an, another one. I can't believe one. he admitted to his nine crimes. And I put know, that to, all nine to, to, to music. I know. He's Crazy. like number one, parking fine. I would never admit it. Yeah. <laughs> number two. Number two. Speeding fine. Number three, bestiality. <laughs> Damien, no. 
What are you doing? This is why his song's called Elephant. <laughs> <laughs> You'd need a step for that. <laughs> That's why he didn't want to sing Elephant. Somebody was like, play Elephant. And he's like, well, I don't really know anything about elephants. Why would you if this actually happened? Yeah, Someone's yeah. like, play Elephant. And he's like, I don't know. About, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really remember this. Of yeah. course you don't. No one wants to bring that up. Oh, my God. <laughs> you remember. You remember Damien it all. Rice. He did, however, smash that song. He did. He did he actually. It. And it was yeah. amazing. What did you think of it? Because you don't go to see live music. No, I purposefully I do. don't because you've got to stand and then it's like people are shuffling around and there's people like walking around spilling drinks on each other. There's always a supporter and it goes for like a million it's hours. fucking forever. There's mm. a million people. But this was nice. We went into an art centre like human beings in Melbourne and we sat in a chair in our pretty good seats, I thought. And comfortable chairs. Mother's Day gift. You're welcome, by the way. <laughs> and, uh, and he just came on at the start and then he played like an hour and a half and he went, all right, see you later, and he left. And it was great. It was incredible. It was a very James Clement kind of thing. You better believe it. But I no longer, Jamie Lee Curtis went viral talking about how she wants to go to like early shows and she wants comfortable seats and she wants them to be accessible. And I completely agree because I love seeing music, but this stupid idea, and I think actually is quite a masculine kind of vibe of the music industry in general. And young. No, no, but it genuinely, like, because I'm looking at it now, it's all set up around this idea that, like, you start the gig at 8 o'clock, but the support doesn't come until 8.30 and they might have two supports. So then the main act doesn't come until 10. And it's all centered around alcohol. So the venues can sell as much as they can. You get free booze as an artist, but they're trying to make their money out of the bar. Mm. So that's why they extend it so long, why they go so late. But they also don't have chairs because they can fit more people in a venue, Mm -hmm. which means then you have to stand for three hours, which is just not accessible for everyone. Yeah. And late at night. So it's really inaccessible for parents, people with disabilities, or just like older people that are tired like me or you. And so the idea of having just the gig, the person you want to see play and you sit in a comfortable seat at a reasonable time and the show was over by 9.30 and we were home. Perfect. And I just, that's what I'm trying to create with the gigs I do because I think it's, it's just so silly that we've decided that music has to necessarily – and it's nothing wrong with having those late-night gigs. People love that vibe and that's cool. You want that as well. But you should also be able to see the artists that you like at a reasonable time. Even what a morning gig. Like you? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Well, you you know, maybe I am. Who knows? But, no, I genuinely mean that. And and because also I think you then – it, it just speaks into the whole idea of music as a thing that should be accessible for everyone, mm. not just for young people who yeah. <laughs> can stay up late and drink beer. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's trying to reframe the industry in a way that's accessible for everyone and accessible for people with young children mm. and for kids to come to things as well I think is really important. So anyway, just to say it was a really beautiful gig and he's doing some more shows around Australia. Yeah, so he's doing, what is it? He's doing yeah, Hobart. Hobart, Brisbane. Um, Sydney, I think that show sort out. I don't know if it's already been already. I think he did Sydney already. Didn't he do two in Sydney already? Yeah, yeah. There's lots of dates. So if you go and look on his site, yeah. Um, But, yeah, such a brilliant show, really emotive and, like, it's obviously very – his music is very fragile and dark. Yeah. Which probably also suits your grumpy new mood. I do love being fragile. Um, But he also played with a beautiful woman called Francesca who – I can't remember her surname, but she was playing the cello and singing and that was incredible too. Yes, she was. But just – it's amazing to me because it mainly was just him on guitar or piano for most of it with some lighting and mood. But mm. it was so captivating and watching the audience and everyone kind of just like totally absorbed in his songs and I just loved it. It was really, really great. It was really good, genuinely. Yeah, yeah. really And he seeing. just kind of, again, he just kind of got on with it. 
It wasn't a giant screen, which, you know. I love to. I hate what going So it was just like a little screens. bit of lighting behind him and it was just mm-hmm. him and another person for some of it and his own and some backup recordings he'd done maybe and then he just picked up different guitars. And he was wearing a beanie and just something you'd wear to the pub, yeah. like just jeans and a hoodie sort right. of vibe, which I just love. I loved the whole thing. And artists, obviously, people can represent themselves in all different ways. I also love a show that's bloody glitz and glam and sure. I saw Moulin Rouge, the best. But, yeah, I just I, – it was so heartfelt. You saw Harold Styles. I did. That beautiful Bloody himbo. amazing. So good as well. But, uh, anyway, Damien Rice, really recommend. All right, do you have a review for us? Yeah, I do actually, Claire. And the funny thing about reviews is we're probably going to get a lot of bad ones because of what mm, you said about movies. I know. But I'm just so know sorry. that if it's anything less than a five-star review, I will not be reading it, either in my personal life or on this show. But luckily, Chic and the S is a dollar sign, wrote this for five stars and said, I work on the International Space Station and we all wait with bated breath to get, with, get within cellular rage. <laughs> Some to reconnect with family, others to get updates on financials, but not me. I wait to download the latest episode of Suggestible. Can you believe that? International Space Station. Can you believe it? I can't believe that. I believe it, though. Do you believe it? Yeah. That's very cool. That's very cool. It's very awesome. Mm. All right. Well, thank you. I have an email that you can also write to if you would like, suggestiblepod at gmail.com. Write a defense of movies. Yeah. Oh, goodness. There's going to be a million manifestos. I'm ready for it. Bring it on. Bring it on. This email is from Andy Robinson. Strong female character, Andy says. Hey, Claire and James, I'd like to suggestible you, I love that, the book Strong Female Character by Scottish comedian Fern Brady. Also check out her stand-up and run on the show Taskmaster. I know Fern. Mm. Fern was diagnosed with autism during lockdown. Now in her 30s, she was told as a teen she couldn't be autistic because she made eye contact and had a boyfriend. That's a great point. Mm. The, yeah, it's so underdiagnosed. That might have actually been women. correct. Yeah. The book is so annoying. The book explores her journey navigating a world that doesn't understand autism <laughs> in girls. Yeah. That's yeah. so funny. I know, but that's, I mean, that's awful, bullshit. It's the like, same with ADHD yeah. in girls as well. It's so underdiagnosed. It's <laughs> oh ridiculous. The book explores her journey navigating a world that doesn't understand autism in girls, filled with hilarious anecdotes from her bleak early life, trigger warning for most things. Mm. Her witty, blunt observations about working-class Scotland in the early noughties through a feminist outsider's lens are as engaging as they are educational. Thanks, Andy. Andy, Thanks, that Andy. sounds so far up my alley. Is way may as well be called Claire Alley. That sounds awesome. I love that. Um, thank you so much. And you too can recommend something, suggestapod.com.com. I will also say a very quick shout-out to now, Kieran Spillane. I okay. think I'm saying their name right. Thank you so much. Kieran reached out to me because he is from Ireland and would like and and suggested in his email that I come to Cork because often he said people just come to Dublin, but there are so many cool and exceptional unique venues located outside of Dublin, specifically in Galway, Limerick and his hometown of Cork. Well, I am trying really hard to get to Cork. Listen, and trying to Kieran, find a venue is a say? little tricky. Kieran? Kieran, yes. Kieran, you better show up as well. <laughs> Don't do I that. Get, to I get the feeling this gig is just going to be you and Claire. That's what's going on here. <laughs> no, look, I've Cork. always been planning to go because I would love to see more of Ireland. I have a lot of um, 
Irish heritage. And actually, oh, my, here we go. My We're all Irish, grandfather's we? heritage is from is from everybody's Cork. grandfather in Australia is from Ireland. I know. Well, anyway, but specifically Cork is where my grandfather's family is from. I really want to get there, so I am trying my hardest to get to Cork and trying to find a venue to play. So um, Any plans I will keep to, you posted. Uh, you can confirm or deny to kiss the Blarney Stone. Is that going to be something you are going to be doing? Look, I would love to do that, but the Blarney Stone's bloody far. It's I've already a, kissed the Blarney Stone. Away. I give it a big smooch. Oh, you did already. Maybe I should. I need to get there. No, How don't. am I going to get to the Blarney Stone? It's weird. It's, it's very like, far. It's like lining up for like a ride. <laughs> but all you do but is you kiss a stone. <laughs> And isn't that a bit COVID unsafe? No, well, they wipe it down and there's a guy there with a oh, disinfectant. So what is it? Is it? How big is the Blarney Stone? I don't know. I think if you pay extra, you get a bit more private time with this. <laughs> well. What's the idea if you kiss it, it's good luck? I don't know, man. It's probably something like that. Yeah. So weird. There's so many funny little traditions out there, aren't there, when yeah. you travel? Look, I would love to get there. It just depends. We don't have a lot, have long, you know. We don't yeah. have long anywhere because we're trying to get to as many places. And I'll tell you what, we're just shows, on this bloody so. rock spinning through bloody space. Am I right? Who's we got are. any time for anything? We Who knows are. what's going to happen? We are. So I've actually contacted a venue in Limerick as well because if we can't get a venue in Cork, I'll try Limerick. But um, sure. I just would, I would bloody love to play in Cork because, you know, heritage, all the things. Also, Kieran, thank you so much. I hope you can come. What I don't know. I think it'll be the 7th of July, quite possibly. What you're also going to find, I feel like, uh, travelling through England and also Ireland, I think, I think more so in Ireland, when you talk out loud, you're like, God, I sound fucking weird. Yeah. Like weird it really accents. happens. I know. Yeah. God, this is, a, can, this, is why, this is really and abrasive. And you can hear it, can't you? It's so funny. Yeah, you the really Irie, notice really, like, it. Yeah, and you can hear Australians. And also we're so brash or something. Yeah. Like the way we talk is like so upfront and blunt and, and you can hear us a mile away. God, I'm like, God, I'm so annoying. <laughs> I know. Also what I found quite funny is I think I must look Look, I just look a little exotic. No, I do look quite <laughs> European. Yeah, you look real exotic. <laughs> no, I don't. But I do look like in certain places that I might belong there. Sure. And so then I started talking and people like, oh. You know what I think, <laughs> oh, you know no. what I think that is? <laughs> what? You're nondescript. <laughs> You're like a blank canvas. Yeah, I would totally agree with that because honestly the amount of people that think they know me. You're when I worked in the extra. movies, people would be like, oh, you're Sharon's cousin. I'm like, no. Sorry, don't Sorry. you actually have never met me. I am Sharon's cousin. But I feel like you are like that too. Oh, rude. You <laughs> do you do look like like a guy. You know, I do a, look like a guy. You know, That's just true, like yeah. straight up and down a yeah. white dude. I think uh, one of the funniest <laughs> things, you know, Charlie Clawson, who. Uh, yeah, he sort of looks a bit like you as well. Oh, yeah, we're, those, we're both the like white guys. Similarities, yeah. But one of the things he said about our son at one point, it was like, he looks like a drawing of a boy. <laughs> Yeah. I thought that was really funny. It's so true because he does. He does. He just looks like a. Yeah, because he's not you, like super tall, super short. No, he just looks like. A, and he's got would, the little haircut that you would look, associate with a little white boy. He just looks like yeah. a boy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Which is like what the, when we did that big hoo-ha when no one knew what you looked like and we did that big live show, yeah. that was a comment that someone else made. They're like, yeah. are you disappointed because he just looks like, like a, a guy. guy? Just a guy. I mean, I think a very handsome well, guy. Well, yeah. Well, but, you know. A lot of people think the same, I, I would imagine. <laughs> I think a lot of people were surprised that you were handsome. They thought, well, he probably that doesn't show his face true. because he's like, I don't know, got like gangly or yeah. not that there's anything wrong with any of that, you know. But anyway, <sighs> I thought interesting commentary around Are you, you saying, being good looking. imagine being gangly? Is that what you're saying? No, I just mean like it was quite interesting. I think people were surprised yeah. that you were as handsome as you are. 
I should I mean, have done, don't get a big head or anything. I don't. I mean, I have a big head. I should have done the thing where I walk out like Willy Wonka, like, oh, he's so old. And then I do a <laughs> forward roll. And they're like, well, he's still old, but he did that forward roll just and now. you could do that. You've done so much gym. Absolutely. It's so I can fit. Do a you would love roll. to do that. I know you. I can see it in nah, your head. You're like, missed opportunity. Me up, I, uh, my, you, you do a forward roll, my equilibrium's like, Fucked. Or yeah. in your head. Yeah, like you do a forward roll. feels terrible. Oh, no way. Upside. I can't do anything. I can't even spin around in a circle for too long. I have to sit down. I feel ill. I know. It's terrible. I did You should tell everybody that time that you went around the roundabout and you threw up on the steering wheel. <laughs> what? That's a true story, everybody. <laughs> she threw up all over the steering wheel. She I went did. around a roundabout once. I did not. did a big vomit. I did not. That is not a story. And the annoying thing about my memory is I was like, oh, I don't remember that. But obviously you've known me for so too. long. I would have blocked that out. That is not an accurate story. Okay. But I could be because I really have no fucking <laughs> idea. And you've known me since I was 19. So there's so many stories that I just don't remember. And you say, and I'm like, uh, you sure. You were a week before 20. So it's not that long. Oh, yeah, yeah. sure. All, All right, right, let's go. Okay, bye. This has been Stressful. Thank you as always to Royal Collings for editing this week's episode and to Maisie for our socials. You can find us at Stressful Pod on Instagram. You can follow me at Clay Tonti for more updates about my musical. I love movies, things. by the way. I just want to specify I'm that. on Spotify. Follow me on Spotify. Add me to playlists. Do the things. That will be great. Okay, bye. And also, uh, James, uh, you, everyone what? knows who you are. I don't need to say any more about you. All your social handles, all your things. Yeah, yeah, whatever. It's just Sunday movies. Yeah, yeah, who cares? So famous. I'm so not, cool. I use it ironically, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> all right, bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.